Hello there. You are on to the Man to Man Session Podcast. We raise kings to embrace their masculinity and amplify their influence in the society. Welcome. The Man to Men Session Podcast is about to begin. Hello guys. Welcome back from the break. Alright, so with me right now we have Mr. Duke Emmanuel. Welcome to M2M session, sir. So we'll go straight into it. How did you meet your wife and how did you know that she is the one that you want to spend the rest of your life with? Hello everyone, Duke here, head of programs, news and production here at FM Calabar and I am on this podcast. So how did I meet my wife? Um, so I met my wife a long time ago. Uh, apparently, um, on the first day when she resumed at work, incidentally, we walk at the same place, the same establishment. So um, I remember um, what we started out with the first privately owned radio station in the city. And when we started out, you know, we have strategic meetings and all that. And I remember, um, you know, we had the team and... Uh, my boss said there's someone coming in, you know, she was coming in from Abuja, I think, at the time. Uh can't completely remember, or it was Benin or something, you know, but she had done work with Rhythm FM in Benin, you know, and then when she came in, uh, she had this persona that just lit up the room, and I was like, okay, so this is the person that we've been waiting for, you know, and then she introduced herself, and we had a chat. Of course, I was very laid back at the time because, you know, we're just having conversation and getting to know each other and then she was you know very uh, conversational with every other person around and I remember when they all went down because this was in the conference room um, I walked in you know the studio and she was struggling with a new console and I said um, this is new it's uh, completely new from and different from what you know uh, how to use and what you're conversant with so let me show you how to you know go up, go around this and I did help her around, you know, with that. Then um, stepped out for a beat. And I remember um, that she was looking for a way to have lunch. She, no, she hadn't resumed work yet. It was her first day, you know. She was supposed to resume the next day. But for some reason, she just stayed through. And we had this um, um, way of doing things. We'd all go to lunch at the same place. And then we went to lunch at the same place and, um, you know, have a conversation and we're talking about broadcasting among everyone. And then um, I think one thing that, that, that hit me was when he got to point of payment, because normally the guys would always, you know, just bring out money and pay, and the ladies would just stay laid back. She wanted to contribute with the guys, and I was like, hey, no, 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 don't worry about this. I got this. It took a while. She finally let us, you know, go about it. I was like, okay, this is a G, nice. So that's basically it. The second question, how did I know if she was going to be the one to spend the rest of my life with? I did not know, right? I didn't know until many years after, you know. So um, I, I hear people say, um, the minute I saw them, I knew that this was what it's going to be. I think it's different strokes for different folks, and it works differently. In my own case, I was not, you know, I didn't know because, first off, I, I I didn't have plans to even get married at the time. This is um 2016, right? We got married in 2020. Uh, this is 2016. And there was no there was no <laughs> there was no plan. But what was still, you know, 
chilling and um, and 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 having fun. So yes, I did not know until many years later. Um, you know, we got close, friendship grew. Um, we met, worked on a campaign trail together, uh, and then started dating. You know, silently. I can't even date back to you know when we started dating officially. You know, because um, again, it was so organic that everything just fell into place and the dots kept connecting. You know, I'm always big on, on talking about how dots connect. You know, you do stuff and you just ignore and then go on to do something else and you abandon this one. But then somewhere down the line in your life, you realize that the dots are connecting and they're linked to each other. You know, so in my case, I think that's basically it. The dots just connected and I can't remember specifically you know, the exact date that we started saying, hey, we're going to make this thing official and get dating. Of course, I know when I said I was going to get married, but I can't remember when we started, you know, dating and and all that. So, yeah, um, how did I know that she was going to be the one to spend the rest of my life with? As we became best of friends, I saw all that qualities. I saw that she was amazing. I saw that she was, she was kind. I saw that she was um, open to learning stuff, very hardworking. I saw that she would take corrections. I saw I saw that she just wanted to become the better version of herself every time. You know, I saw that she didn't have time for uh, bad-mouthing people. I saw she had a clean heart. You know, there's so many similarities, and we just blended. And when it was time for me to get married, again, it was interesting for me because I, I, I think I just woke up one day and said, this is what it is. You know, I'm going to get married. And I think that some things that we say to ourselves when we're young, you know, are actually um, work for us one way or the other. So I said to myself, at a particular age, I was definitely going to get married. Um, and for some reason, it, it just it just worked because the universe listens. The universe is listening, and you know it's going to work in your favor. I hear people say, when you say positive things, the universe listens, and when you say negative things, the universe doesn't listen. I don't think that's the case. I think that the universe generally listens, you know, and these things just manifest at the right time. So when I, I felt like it was time for me to get married, I I remember, you know, calling calling my best friend to say, hey, G, what's up? I'm more time on Rachel. He was like, what? I said, I want to, you know, tighten up. And he was like, are you okay? And I'm like, hell yes. And, you know, um, that's how we just started. I got a ring. Never really got to pop it, but I finally did. You know, we started went on, on another break, interestingly, and then um, we just found ourselves working out. Um, you know, the marriage thing and and and, and all. So yeah, that's um, that's that for that. Very interesting. It was organic, and the dots started connecting. Second question, sir. There are young men out there who believe that men are polygamous in nature. Hence, the reason why some people cheat on their spouses. What do you have to say about this? I think that it's a very mental thing. And every time I have conversations with people around this, I say it's a mental thing, right? So it starts with what's in your mind and what's in your head. If you regard someone so much, you'd find out that it would be difficult for you to see someone else in their position. And if you're very, very proud of yourself, you have a lot of, you know self-confidence and pride or whatever. In this case, I don't think that pride is bad. You'd see that it, it feel like you're 
you know, um, stepping low, right? In this case. However, another important, another thing that that um, I want to say as regards to this is that it's a very relative thing. And when I say this, people think I'm being controversial, but I think that cheating is relative. Uh, for some people, um, the minute you say hello to a girl, ah, my husband is cheating. <laughs> for some people, the minute um, you know um, you hug a woman or something, I think it just. It just depends on um, what you consider cheating. However, um, another relationship with someone else, the minute for me, how I define cheating is if you share something that you share with your wife, with only your wife, with someone else, then that's cheating, you know. And I don't think that um, young men should believe that um, they can cheat because they think that men are, go are polygamous in nature. So even the religions and cultures that support polygamy, that support a man being involved with more than one woman, has a they, they, they also have a process, you know. So they say you can be with more than one woman. It means that you can marry several women, right? So if you see another woman that you want to do something with, go through the same process and get married to her, you know. Not a one-night thing or, or a chop-clean mouth thing or a waka-kurukere-waka thing. Go through the same process, you know, because when it comes to that case, you see that there's very few people that actually take the bull by the horn to say, I'm a polygamous man. My culture supports it. I think my culture does, but I don't know if my religion does. Obviously, my religion doesn't and my spirituality doesn't. But then, you know, you can say as an African man, you have a... Um, room or license to get married to more than one, then go and marry them. Go and see their parents and stop keeping them as side chicks. I don't know if, if that connects, you know. But overall, I'd say um, whatever you share with your partner, that special one, it should be with that special one and not with other, you know. You can't have other special ones. It should be that one special one. If you want many women, Stop keeping them as side chicks and get married to them. Otherwise, whatever you share with your special someone should only be shared with her. Because for me, I don't believe I'm polygamous in nature. Alright, thank you so much for that, sir. Over to the next question. In the last couple of months, we've heard of cases of domestic violence and of course they are the ones that we've not even heard of. Now, do you think a man's inability to control his temper is the only cause for this? And how can a man prevent himself from laying his hands on his wife? So first of all, I don't think that you destroy something that you you care about, you know. And I usually say this, if you love your wife, if you care about your wife, if she's precious to you, you will not want to see, um, you know, dents on it. No one intentionally picks an, a, a sharp object and goes to scratch their special precious car. No one intentionally walks into their living room and breaks their TV because they love it. 
So why do you break the mouth of the person that you love? Why do you beat them up? How do you stand it? I think that people that do these need help. I think that it's very abnormal. Contrary to popular belief, it's a very abnormal thing for a man to lay his hands on a woman, let alone his wife. That is the woman you sleep in the same bed with. You're going to kiss that mouth. You're going to make love to her. And you beat her up like that? Come on. There are different ways to control your temper. And, you know, interestingly, in my case, I heard people say, you will have problems in your marriage. Marriage is this. Um, the two of you will have problems. When you have problems, you pray to God. You do like this. You do like that. Of course, I'm a religious person, very spiritual as, as well. So I think that the God factor is key and king. But then the man factor is key too. So, hey, if you're upset and you think that what they've done is not, is not you know, wise or reasonable, walk away. So I've had, um, you know, occasions. First of all, let this be on record that um, when I got married, it took about, I think it was in the eighth or ninth month that we had a, uh, our first disagreement. And I was looking forward to it because, you know, when you go for marriage counseling and they tell you, you will have issues, you will have problems, toothbrush, where you keep your toothbrush, where you keep your toothpaste, if you squeeze them out of the toothpaste, where you keep your soap, where you keep... <laughs> nah, I make bold to say that. Um, you know, we had a lot of challenges, but disagreement that would have quarrels, that never happened. The first time it ever happened was in our eighth or ninth month. And it wasn't too serious. So I made up something, right, in my house. We don't stay mad at each other past 24 hours. The sun doesn't set on our anger. We look for a way to settle it, right? And I think that that's key. But, hey, you're angry, you want to control your temper, step out. That's all I can say. Count 1 to 10, walk away from the place, and just, you know, get out. There are different ways to control your, your anger. And I think that we, need, we have a whole lot to, to do. We have a, you know, a role to play in all this. We need to um, help our people, right? When I say our people, I mean younger ones, younger versions of us. I'm talking your brother. I'm talking your son, your nephew or whatever. They need to start learning anger management. You cannot. It's not an excuse to lay your hands on a woman because you are angry. It doesn't make any sense. It is cowardly. It's condemnable. It is crap. Thank you. There you go, guys. The man factor is what? Key. The man factor is key. And it is cowardly and condemnable to lay your hands on lady because you are angry very wrong all right sir next question why do you think some men experience difficulty in finding love and getting married early there are two different things finding love and getting married early love is there i don't know when people say finding love like 
you know, you make it look like love is a hidden thing. Like, well, like, like say love, they hide. You know, and then when you listen to some, some love songs, some very unreasonable love songs, and, you know, you have your own definition of love, um, a height, the, your definition of love is unexplainable because it's not reachable. It's, ah, uh, God. Yeah. So growing up, I realized that a lot of people, uh, or us, myself inclusive, um, we didn't really know what love was, right? Our definition of love is based on the things that we saw, based on the movies, based on the novels, the books, based on the poems, based on what we thought, the songs that we listened to, you know, what we thought was love. But you see, love is different though. Love is an inside job. Love is a big deal. So the minute you say that you love someone, you're saying that you love them and every version of them. I don't know if you understand. Love is maturity. And people love different things. You know, some people love their jobs. Some people love their phones. Some people love social media. Some people love their pets. Some people love, you know, it's, it's there. People love love different things, you know. But in this case, I think you're talking about loving someone. I think that if you love yourself, it'll be easy to love someone. I met young men say, I cannot love toxic masculinity. They don't want to be vulnerable. Because when you love, you're vulnerable. You know, even in the holy book, the man that died for us, he loved us. He was vulnerable. At some point, he said, Lord, if you can take this cross away from me, the vulnerability is there. So why do men experience difficulty finding love? It's hard for me to say. You know, I think that men are, are, are brought up in a way that they don't, some men are brought up in a way that they don't, they don't let themselves go, you know, they hold themselves back. They're not vulnerable, as the case may be. You know, so these, these things happen. It's difficult for them to, you know, find love. It's difficult for them to um, see themselves with this person for the rest of their life. And it's a mental thing, you know. It's a difficult question to answer, you know. I, I don't know why that is what it is. Um, but I think that there should also not be a timeline to marriage, right? I don't think there should be a timeline to marriage because marriage is marriage is serious stuff. Marriage is a whole different level. It's not difficult. It's sweet. It's enjoyable. But it's serious stuff. And the worst thing that can happen to anyone is incompatibility. So you guys just get into it because you think that you're compatible and you realize that your poles are apart. Every day when you wake up, it's going to be a struggle. But you see, for me, my house is like my sanctuary. So I just can't wait to go home, you know, to just rest and enjoy. And most of my creativity comes when I'm in the house. That's why I can't stay mad at my partner for more than 24 hours because how do you guys walk past each other putting your heads up keeping heavy faces you know i think that stuff is solvable 
And I think that no matter what it is, it can be solved if the two parties are willing to solve it, you know. So, yeah, there shouldn't be a timeline for people to get married. Um, men, let yourself go. You'll be vulnerable to love and find love and be loved. Thank you. Wow. There shouldn't be a timeline to get married. Guys, love is there. Love is there. So stop holding yourself and be vulnerable. Be vulnerable. Thank you very much, sir. Over to the last question for this session. So, personally, I've met young men who believe that marriage will tie them down. They also believe that marriage is a cage. And they also believe that they don't need to get married to start a family. They can get several girls pregnant who will give them children. So please, what do you have to say about this? Of course, you can get several girls pregnant. They will give you children. That's a different ball game. Of course, um, you don't need to get married to start a family. But no, marriage is not a cage. And no, marriage will not tie you down. Let me tell you something. When we got married, um, my wife and I, first off, um, the early days, I remember us stepping out and she just felt this confidence, you know, to wear whatever it is that she wanted to wear. And then she wore something short and asked me, do you like it? And I was like, oh, I like it. I love it. And we went out for an, for an event. Then there was this woman who, um, she just looked at her and said to her, um, that thing that you're wearing is too short. Um, something along the lines of um, this is why young people, don't, young women, don't find husbands. And she was like, "Ah, sorry, yo. it's my husband that bought it for me, and he likes it when I wear it." And she just kept quiet. My point is, marriage shouldn't tie anyone down. There's some there's some things that I feel confident doing now. Never did when I was single. For example, for the past three months, I haven't combed my hair. Because my wife likes the roughness. <laughs> and I realized that I like it too. Years ago, it's something that I would look as irresponsible. But now I don't really care. You know, my dress code has even changed. Like, I don't think it should tie you down. I think it should make you help you let loose. I've seen people that have gotten better at, at their craft you know, after they got married. I mean, Adekule Gold, for instance, his music used to be uh, necktie. But ever since Adekule Gold got married, you know, he used to be that fresh um, choir boy that would uh, keep a, a clean cut, you know, afro, but he'll cut it and comb the hair. That man is on dreads now. <laughs> and we like him on dreads now. It's popping like one of the biggest artists out of Africa right now. So I don't think the marriage ties anyone down, except you're the one that wants to be tied down, you know. So please, get that out of your head, right? Don't think about it. Get it out of your head. Marriage doesn't tie anyone down. Marriage doesn't tie you down. That's it. And no, there's no cage. You will not be in a cage. You will not be in a cage. You will not be in a cage if you, you know, just 
<laughs> just uh, feel free, feel free to get by. It. I think I've answered all the questions. Uh, thank you so much, guys. And um, that's it. It's fun being on this podcast. Marriage will not tie you down. You've heard it, guys. Marriage will not tie you down, except you are the one that wants to be tied down. Thank you very much, Mr. Duke. Thank you so much. So, guys, go back and listen to this podcast again. Go back and listen to this episode again. Go back and listen to every episode again. Trust me, this is wisdom's response to the cure of masculinity. If I was probably supposed to give this series another title, it would have been called Wisdom's Response to the Cure of Masculinity. You should go back and listen to this episode again. You know, when I started planning this particular series, at first I wanted it to be a relationship series. But I told myself, no, the goal will not just be to educate men on relationship. Let's also help them tackle other issues that can help build them. Because, you know, most persons spend time and they prepare for their relationship. You know, a lot of guys, they spend time finding Mrs. Right. But they don't spend time becoming Mr. Right. So this, this, this series is to help you not just prepare on how you can find Mrs. Right, but to help you to become Mr. Right. So even, so, so even before you are probably ready to get married, you need a download of this wisdom's response to the cure of masculinity titled How I Met My Wife. Okay, guys. So this is where we are going to bring today's podcast episode to a close. We have another episode to go. We have another episode to go. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Go back. If, you've, if you have missed any episode, trust me, you are missing a whole lot. Go back and listen to them. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of M2M Session. Till I come your way again, I remain myself, AI. Cheers.